Thanks for joining us. Coming up on NTD Business. Charges in the Trump criminal case unsealed. The former president pleads not guilty on all 34 charges. What are the political implications of the case? Will it actually boost Trump in 2024? We have analysis. A surprising warning from a global banking leader. In an annual letter, the CEO of JP Morgan points to China's growing influence. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Former President Trump pleaded not guilty today to an unprecedented indictment. Trump surrendered voluntarily at the Manhattan District Attorney's Office earlier this afternoon. He was placed under arrest and in police custody before the arraignment. He heard the charges at the New York Supreme Court. The Manhattan DA charged Trump with 34 counts of falsifying business records. They're connected to a payment for a non-disclosure agreement. It was signed by adult entertainment actress Stormy Daniels and Trump's then-attorney Michael Cohen. Here's the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg making the official announcement today. Earlier this afternoon, Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. That is exactly what this case is about. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State, no matter who you are. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. After the arraignment at a press conference, Trump's attorneys called the indictment political persecution and vowed to fight it. I think that what you saw in the indictment that was, that was unsealed today um, is exactly what has been talked about for the past seven years. And the district attorney has turned um, what is actually a completely political issue into a political prosecution. And it's not a good day. The indictment itself is, is boilerplate. It doesn't allege um, any federal crime, any state crime that's been violated. It doesn't allege what the false statement is. Um, and it's really disappointing. It's sad. And we're going to fight it. Can you we're going to fight Constitutional lawyer and former Trump advisor Jenna Ellis said the key to the case is to prove Trump knowingly falsified the records in order to make the felony charges stick, which she believes will be difficult for D.A. Bragg. Um, to have this type of, um, of indictment around this falsifying business records in the first degree, uh, the intent piece here is going to be critical. And what it means in, in common terms is that someone had to knowingly and intentionally falsify a business record to cover up another crime. So, for example, if someone is stealing from a company and then they falsify a business record to cover up that crime. And so this is going to be very difficult for the district attorney to prove, especially with respect to uh, President Trump. During NTD's live coverage on the Trump indictment earlier today, we heard from Americans about what they think about the indictment. Here's some highlights. So we are here live in Collect Pond Park here in downtown Manhattan with, um, I would say, a couple of hundred Trump supporters on this side. And if you can see here, there's a barrier that the police set up. On that side is the anti-Trump crowd. Very smart move by the cops to separate them. Let's go take a walk. As you can see over there. 
over the course of the last hour, quite a few Trump supporters have shown up. Before, when it first started, there was more reporters than protesters. Now it's about one to one. I would say one reporter for every one protester. Would you say that's accurate? I would say, yeah. Typical Manhattan protest, more reporters than there are protesters. Hey there. All right, so as you can see, there's a lot of energy here among the pro-Trump crowd. A lot of people we spoke to, they told us that they think this is a kind of a political job, that uh, there's not enough evidence to actually indict him, and this was just a politicization of the Manhattan DA. On the other side, people are saying that, hey, you know, if the evidence shows that the grand jury had enough evidence to indict him, then let the process play out. It's kind of an interesting dichotomy here. Let's go see if we can talk to some people. Oh, this, this guy right here. Sir, what brings you out here today? Um, support Trump all day. I'm actually a single issue voter, uh, abortion, and he kept his promises. And I love the Epoch Times, if I'm saying it right. But yeah, yeah. You guys, I'm sorry you've been getting censored, but, uh, but I appreciate your coverage with uh, COVID-19 and January 6th. It's been really helpful. Well, it's obviously politicized because from what I'm hearing, it's only a misdemeanor. Second of all, we haven't even, no one, no one really knows the evidence at this point. So I guess once it comes out, we can, you know, we can take a look at it. I'm going to say this uh, on air um, because I actually repented for it, but I did vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016, and God changed my heart. And ever since like 2017, 2018, I've been pro-America, pro-Trump, uh, pro-babies. Uh, so uh, I thank God for that, and I thank you guys for four years. This is probably the biggest pro-Trump rally I've seen in Manhattan. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. A lot of New Yorkers are afraid to express themselves, so now's an opportunity. Plus, we're part of the phrase "pissed off." This is so unfair. What's happening? to Donald Trump, and he loves New York. He was a great New Yorker. He saved the city. So for this idiot brag to target him, which is illegal, you don't target someone and then find the crime. So what they're doing to him is a disgrace to New Yorkers and to this country. Totally politicized. He can't get a fair hearing in, in this city, which is a shame, again, because of the good things Donald Trump has done for New York. A lot of the liberals in this city and other big cities, they're ingrates. They don't appreciate him. Uh, people who wear Biden hats, not that you see them, right, or Hillary, Democrats should be ashamed of themselves. We shouldn't be afraid to support who was great for this country. What has Biden done? Biden, I, in my opinion, is a traitor and he's compromised by China. Okay? I, I think just came out the other day how the balloons from China got sensitive information from this country and Biden just let the balloons go and they lied about it his fake administration all right so that's uh, that's what's going on here thus far the vibe is peaceful I heard there's a fight that broke out we didn't see it but um, apparently one fight broke out but everything here is peaceful uh, probably because the police did take that good precaution to split up the park between the two sides the charges mark a watershed moment in American history, which some analysts believe may hurl the country into a state of chronic dysfunction. So how could the indictment play out for Trump politically? Here's some discussion from NTD's live coverage on the Trump indictment earlier today. This, this is the, uh, the grand shooting in the foot, I, I think. Uh, it's going to backfire on the Democrats with this because you have to understand what Trump's political message was. Trump's campaign message would be deemed kind of extreme under normal circumstances. And let me explain. You have DeSantis coming in as basically going on the culture, the culture warfare front. He's going against wokeism and the Disneys and the grooming of kids, and that, that's his narrative. 
Mike Pence is coming out and saying, I'm going to give you America first without Trump. I'm going to represent America and put America's interests first. And you have, you know, others, you know, not as not polling as high, but coming out with different narratives along these lines. What Trump is saying is that the government is fundamentally corrupt. Trump is saying you have politicization of the justice system. Trump is saying you have to get rid of the FBI, possibly, and replace it with something else. Trump is saying he needs to come in and fire tens of thousands of people to eliminate corruption from, from, from within the American government. For a lot of people, that is a very extreme, I mean, like it or not, for a lot of people, that is a very extreme proposition. Ironically, what's happening to Trump now is proving him right for a lot of people. And they're saying, well, what you told us, I see it happening right now. And they're taking that as a lived experience of the problem he's warning us about, and he's the only one presenting a solution to it. I do believe this is going to help him very, very much at the polls, uh, because, again, that is, his, that is his campaign message, that this exists. Joshua, does it help him beyond his base, or do you think it stops there, and, and will this ultimately help him in a general election? I'm, I'm not sure about Democrats. I, I don't think they're going to budge this because generally, they, a lot of people who still vote Democrat typically would still believe in a lot of the narratives against Trump, anyways. That he was, you know, Trump Russia, even that was kind of debunked. They, they, they would have already believed a lot of other things about him. So I, I don't know if it's going to budge the Democrats. But when it comes to Republicans, a lot of them were split. A lot of a lot of them were going to DeSantis. A lot of them were going to other people. If you look at the polling, Trump is moving up in the polls among Republicans. And you even see a lot of people who don't like Trump, like Mike Pence, for example, coming out now and defending Trump. You even see the party now really kind of circling around Trump. You know, they're forming the wagons, so to speak. They're circling the wagons around Trump. And so the coming together of the Republicans, I think, is going to benefit him quite a bit uh, when it comes to election time. And, and here's something else to add to that. We are, are seeing Trump uh, occupy the media yet again. It's a place that he loves, and it's a place where he has flourished. And this particular case is something I, it, well, without getting into his personality, it's something that Donald Trump feeds off of, the frenzy <laughs> of the media, the frenzy of controversy, and, and seemingly being able to maneuver it and handle it. However, this is a court of law do you think that he will be, will be able to use this and make this a trial in the public, which is something that D.A. Alvin Bragg certainly does not want? I'd say without a doubt. Um, one of the realities is it's going to be very hard to put Trump behind bars because under, under legal protections, right, un, under, the American, under American law, a former president has to have the protection of the Secret Service. How do you throw someone in prison if you're going to throw the Secret Service in with them? You know? I mean, what, how, do you, how do you do that? They're not going to be able to imprison him. They're not going to be able to handcuff him. And so the most they could do, for example, with contempt, if he violates a gag order or something like that, is give him a $1,000 fine. He'll take a $1,000 fine every, every hour if he has to, if it means he can speak freely, you know, knowing Trump. It's not going to silence him. And any action taken to try to silence him, he's going to use that and say, look what they're doing to me. They're trying to stop me from campaigning. Donate to my campaign. And it's going to benefit him the whole way through. 
taking a short break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, the chip war between the U.S. and China heating up. China, for the first time, launching a probe into American chip maker Micron. What's behind the move? Could artificial intelligence impact your job? We look at some creative roles that are still safe from being replaced by AI. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Wall Street closed lower today. The Dow fell 199 points, or 0.6%. S&P dropped 24 points, also 0.6%. And the Nasdaq slipped 63 points, or half a percent. The financial world today analyzing the annual letter from J.P. Morgan's CEO. He made predictions about the current banking crisis and surprising warnings about China. Take a look. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon sent his annual letter to shareholders on Tuesday, saying the banking crisis is not over yet. In this 43-page message, he said, the current crisis is not yet over, and even when it is behind us, there will be repercussions from it for years to come. The banking system currently is under renewed stress after the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse's rescue by UBS last month. The letter reads, the stock market is down and the market's odds of a recession have increased. And while this is nothing like 2008, it is not clear when this current crisis will end. According to the CEO, the risks that led to the current crisis were hiding in plain sight. For example, interest rate exposure and the level of uninsured deposits at Silicon Valley Bank. Diamond also made blunt statements about the strategic risks China poses, saying China, using subsidies and its economic muscle to dominate batteries, rare earths, semiconductors, or EVs, could eventually imperil national security by disrupting our access to these products and materials. We cannot cede these important resources and capabilities to another country. It's not common for a global business leader to make such direct statements. Reporting by Arian Pastar. NTD News. U.S.-China tensions continue. For the first time, China hits back at an American microchip company. A Chinese internet watchdog investigating one of America's largest memory chip makers, Micron Technology. The Cyberspace Administration of China will review products sold by Micron. Beijing says the probe is to prevent security risks and to maintain national security. Micron says it's cooperating fully and that business will operate as normal during the probe. Now, the probe comes after Washington announced curbs on China's semiconductor industry, which hinders, of course, Beijing's goal to become a tech power. Now, joining me is Robert Atkinson, president of the Information Technology Innovation Foundation. Now, let me just get your first thoughts. What is the motivation here of of China probing this this major U.S. chip firm. I mean, they're saying it's national security related. How much truth is is there in that? Zero. This has nothing to do with national security. Nobody else is probing Micron chips. There's never been a probe like this. Uh, this is pure retaliation for the Biden administration to put on export controls on key chip making equipment to slow down. The, Chinese semiconductor industry, which is massively unfairly subsidized and based on stolen intellectual property. So this has this is all a game 
It's just, we're going to attack one of your companies if you keep limiting our abilities. That's all this is. But the end result will be it. It's a way to hurt Ameri a Amer leading American company and to push back against the U.S. pressure on, on China. This is purely tit for tat. So what does China hope to achieve with this? You got to understand Chinese uh, government policy, politics. So they're basically in a world where if you do something to them, even though what you did to them was based upon them doing something wrong, they will attack back. That just happens every single time. So what they hope to achieve is to uh, sort of a, a shot, not even across the bow, but on our bow. What they're hoping to achieve is for the U.S. to back off a little bit on some of the export controls that the Biden administration has put in place, and Trump before that, uh, put in place on some of these Chinese uh, semiconductor companies. Now, another point, I, I'm sure uh, China wants to be self-reliant in the chips front. Uh, it's signaled that uh, many times now. Do you think China will actually be able to achieve that? Well, they're already self-reliant in certain kinds of chips, uh, where, in other words, not, not the most leading-edge chips, but chips that maybe could go in your car or in a washing machine. There's chips that are used all over. They, they can make those pretty well right now. What they can't make are the leading edge four, five, six nanometer chips, the ones that would go into a leading edge high performance computer or even in your Apple iPhone. It's very hard to do, uh, but they're very determined and they're willing to plow large quantities of government subsidies into it. I don't see them getting there anytime soon, but that is their goal. And as long as they don't deviate from that goal, I think they will get there. Okay, just one final thought. Uh, how do we know for sure, maybe you can expand a little bit on your point that this is purely retaliation. How do we know for sure that this is it? Well, there's two reasons to know that. One is you just look at what they've done in the past. They will go after and, and retaliate against specific firms. I would, one major American firm I was talking to once, I was talking to the chief counsel, and he had said he went to complain to a minister in China about this these companies stealing their intellectual property, the American company's property. And he said, if you don't stop this, we're going to bring a WTO case, World Trade Organization case. The minister said to him, you have every right to do that, but if you do that, you'll never sell another product in China. They've put executives in jail uh, for trumped-up charges. They will bring massive fines against companies for trumped-up charges. And oftentimes, these companies will be happy when they only have a billion-dollar fine, because it could have been worse. And these, by the way, are cases where the Europeans, the Japanese, and the Americans all looked at the exact same issue and said there was no wrongdoing. So there is a history of, of this sort of uh, making things up for political reasons. That's number one. And number two, if there really were cybersecurity issues there, the U.S. government would have notified, uh, Micron would have notified us, the Japanese government, the Europeans. Uh, there are a whole regime that measures and assesses cybersecurity and chips that all of these chip companies do, by the way, voluntarily go through to ensure that these chips are secure. None of that has happened. So that suggests to me this is one more game the Chinese government is playing for political reasons. Thank you for the discussion today, Robert. It was great talking to you today. My pleasure. Thank you. AI has begun replacing jobs, but some positions in the creative industries are still safe. NTD's Shar Marshall has more. 
White-collar jobs are at the highest risk of being replaced by generative AI chatbot technology. That's according to a recent study from OpenAI and the University of Pennsylvania. But a human touch is still needed in a few roles. For example, a program like Midjourney was used to create this woman's entire comic book. Although current image generation laws prevent her from copywriting her images, but a human eye needs to check creations seeking financial backing or used for human entertainment. I asked Scott Leventon, CEO of Interphase Marketing, which jobs are still safe? Yeah, I definitely think graphic designers and content writers and copywriters, they're safe for now, but artificial intelligence like ChatGPT definitely does have the potential to automate the copywriting industry. And other programs such as Dolly 2 is released by OpenAI and that can actually generate graphics. So I think graphic designers might be in trouble also. Humans are also needed to check for misinformation created by chatbots. A problem recently popping up in journalism quoted an internet resource for finding PR resources and experts for news interviews has banned content created by chatbots because of error possibilities. Their moderators have begun using AI detection tools like GPT-0 to ensure the authenticity of text. I asked Leventon if he's had to replace any workers because of AI. Not from my business. I've had a pretty steady stream of work that's been coming in, so I haven't had to, you know, lay anyone off or drop any team members just yet. Um, but, you know, if it, AI does keep improving, you know, that could be a possibility in the future. And in Cyprus, ChatGPT has been put into a robot named AI Einstein to incorporate it into lesson plans. Here's a joke for you. Why was the math book sad? Because it had too many problems. At least for now, a teacher has to control it. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Still to come, Southwest Airlines bringing back its buddy pass so a friend can fly for free. How do you qualify? News from Hollywood. We look at the top films at the box office over the weekend. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Planning a summer vacation? Well, don't forget to take a buddy. Southwest Airlines is bringing back its companion pass. It allows travelers to designate one person to fly with them for free. Now, to qualify, a member of Southwest's frequent flyer program needs to register for the promotion. Then they have to purchase a ticket by Wednesday evening for a flight before May 24th. Once that's done, a companion pass will be in their account on August 15th. The Buddy Pass will work on as many flights as they want between August 15th and September 30th. And when booking flights, do you worry the fare will drop right after you lock in your seat? Well, Google is testing a price guarantee program to get rid of buyer's remorse. Now, here's how it works. Go to Google Flights and type in where and when you want to travel. Find the trip that works best for you and book it. Google then monitors the price every day until departure. If the fare goes down, you get the difference back via Google Pay. The pilot program only applies to travel that departs from within the U.S. and you have to book it on Google. It was blazing guns against magic spells at the weekend box office. Who was victorious? Here are estimates for the top five films in theaters. Because this is a war. 
Creed 3 is closing in on 150 million in domestic box office. The boxing pick made $5 million for fifth place. His Only Son, a Bible movie from the studio behind The Chosen, made $5.3 million in its opening weekend. Scream 6 also earned $5.3 million, tying for third place. You come here thinking there is a way out of this world for you, Mr. Wick. John Wick Chapter 4 slipped more than 60% in its sophomore weekend, but still took in $28.2 million for a 10-day total of $123 million. On your knees. Okay, chop it off. Chop it off, let's do it. Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves debuted on top, with solid reviews and an opening weekend haul of $38.5 million. And that's it today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Mai. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at ntd.com. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.